Let's get to this controversy surrounding Netflix and the Academy Awards. Netflix and other streaming services will not be facing a tougher road uh, towards the Oscars next year. The Academy of Motion Pictures, uh, Picture Arts, Arts and Sciences has decided against rule changes that would have made it harder for streaming movies to be eligible for awards, despite a push by some pretty uh, big Hollywood heavyweights, including Steven Spielberg, to ensure that Oscar nominees are actually in the theater, that they've actually got a run in traditional uh, movie theaters. This after a Netflix uh, movie, Roma, almost won an Academy Award for Best Picture this uh, past year, and some critics accused the company of undermining the long-standing industry practices when it comes to screenings. And for more on this, we're joined now by our pop culture expert, Vicki Sparks. She joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Vicki Sparks, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Okay, explain this decision for us. Uh, or actually, first, can we take a step back? Uh, what was the problem with Netflix films being considered for an Oscar? Well, there was never really a problem with it. The rule to be considered for qualification to be nominated for an Academy Award is that a movie has to run for at least seven days in at least one theater in L.A., that's been the rule for many, many years now. Bizarre Arbitrary rule. as it may be. <laughs> so a couple of people, namely Steven Spielberg, decided to get a bee in their bonnet about this and say that movies that kind of have these token runs in a couple of theaters in L.A. and then are on Netflix shouldn't be qualified because they're technically TV movies. They've been made for television as opposed to be made for the screen. Most people thought Steven was just being a little bit cranky about things because streaming is the way of the future. But he went to the Academy. He made this big presentation. Obviously, someone like Steven Spielberg, they have to give the respect to to listen to his concerns. Sure. But they have decided that Steven is wrong and they are sticking with the rule. So, okay, as- why do they feel like Mr. Spielberg <laughs> is uh, incorrect here? Because uh, could you not make an argument that a film is, uh, it's shot a certain aspect ratio, right? Mm-hmm. For the big screen. And that's what uh, films are supposed to be. And what he is saying that the uh, television movies or programs are, are shot completely different in a different aspect. Yeah. And I mean, there may be some validity to that. I think that most of the movies that are, original Netflix movies or that Netflix has bought um, right at the beginning and knows that they'll be airing on Netflix when they're they're being filmed are filmed as if they are theatrical release movies. So that doesn't really hold weight. Also keep in mind that people's televisions are now sometimes as big as screens in smaller theaters. So it's not really that outlandish. Um, I think that Steven Spielberg thought that he was kind of defending the integrity of the film medium. The art of cinema? Exactly. The craft of filmmaking. Um, But I think the Academy is right. Streaming is changing everything, and it's changing things very, very quickly. And I think that we can all just kind of hold on for the ride at this point. You can't turn back the time. We can't go back to everybody having cable and movies having, you know, huge theatrical releases for $20, $30 million kind of mid-level movies. It just doesn't happen anymore and it's better that they have a home on Netflix than no home at all. Okay, so is Mr. Spielberg, is he the equivalent of the old man yelling, get off my lawn uh, to some people then? It's just a uh, time, uh, hey, it's 2019, you gotta get with the times? No disrespect to Mr. Spielberg, but yes, he is in fact screaming, get off my lawn. So it's time for him to get with the program. What can you do? Yeah, okay, so what does this mean do you think for Netflix moving forward? Because uh, they obviously become well known for a lot of their original series 
And the thought behind that was there was a reason to subscribe to Netflix. Mm -hmm. So is Netflix, are we going to see some bigger and uh, bolder content uh, now that they know that they're, you know, could be in the running for an Oscar? Absolutely. And this also gives them the ability to attract that A-list talent to their streaming service. So coming up later this year, you've got Martin Scorsese, a good friend of Mr. Spielberg's, who is (laughs) with The Times. He's releasing his new movie, The Irishman, which is like a giant, you know, $100 million movie with A-list people. And the deal he made with Netflix was that it would open in 72 theaters, I want to say, for an extended period of time before the release on Netflix. So it will be available in theaters first. And then if you wait it out, you can see it on Netflix. And I think that those kind of combo deals where much like Roma this year that was in more than 100 theaters for three or four weeks because it was doing so well. You're going to have those combo deals where you can see it in theaters if that's what you love. But it's also accessible to people who maybe don't have um, the money to go out and see it in the theaters. Or maybe they live in an area where these smaller movies don't get play in the theaters. So Mm -hmm. I think you can't discount if what you want is for people to watch your film. Netflix is one of the best ways you have of getting that out there to 190 million international subscribers. I mean, most movies in theaters would die for a tenth of those people to yeah, see their movie. Yeah, those numbers are mind-numbing, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 100%. What does this do to the star system for Hollywood? Because you just mentioned that they could maybe now attract some so-called, quote-unquote, A-list stars. Yeah. Because it seems to me... I don't know, is that old school thinking as well? Because in the 70s and the 80s, even into the 90s, a lot of the, there was the TV stars mm-hmm. and then there was the movie stars. Like I remember yeah. when Friends finished, a lot of people thought, well, who's going to have a movie career right. now? As if their Friends career hadn't been big enough. Yeah. yeah. So is there still going to be a dividing line, do you think, between TV and movies? I think over the last, you know, five to seven years where we've kind of been in this peak TV era, that line has been disintegrating a little bit. You've got giant kind of A-list movie actors now wanting to do television because it's such a prestige medium now where you have these longer hours to tell more intricate and complex and layered nuanced stories. And that's what they want. Part of this is because that kind of mid-level movie, so family dramas, relationship movies, all of that, they don't really get made anymore in that 20 to $35 million range. So that has kind of become $20 million TV seasons instead. So Mm -hmm. I think that that line is changing. But Netflix, they have a couple of things going for them. First is their huge subscriber base. The second is their huge wallet because they just have more money than they know what to do with. And they are now making huge deals with television and uh, film directors to come and bring their oeuvre to Netflix. You've got Shonda Rhimes, who left ABC for Netflix. Kenya Barish left ABC for Netflix. Ryan Murphy left Fox for Netflix. Um, You've got directors like Ava DuVernay, Martin Scorsese, Beyonce just made a three-picture deal. I mean, there's very few people that Netflix cannot lure with a combination of money and being open to non-traditional releases. And if you want it in a theater... Then they'll put it in a theater. Right now, Netflix is considering buying a movie theater in L.A. that will just show Netflix <laughs> movies. So they're the well, wave of the like future. sounds like they don't have to do that now because <laughs> the Academy says that they will judge their films for, or at least to consider them for an Oscar. Just finally, you're speaking of the numbers and just uh, the subscriber base and the massive amount of money that Netflix has pumped into a lot of their projects. Yeah. One of the numbers Netflix does not reveal is how often something is watched. We have no idea how often a movie or TV show gets streamed. 
I'm thinking maybe that's a good thing, though, although they've been criticized for that. Does that mean now some of these films will really, truly be judged, not on their box office take or their popularity, mm -hmm. but on the art, what they are? Yeah, I mean, I think it's twofold. They do sometimes release when people, when critics get, you know, particularly antsy about wanting some numbers, they'll release some data. And especially when it's incredible data, they'll release it. So they consider a movie watched on Netflix if you watch more than 70% of the running time of the film, including credits. So they say that you watched the whole thing at that point. So That's if you look <laughs> at movies like Triple Frontier, which was like an okay action movie they released a couple of weeks ago with Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaacs, they said that in the first week of its release, something like 52 million people watched. Those numbers at a real theater would, I mean, it would be one of the highest grossing movies of the year. And it was like a, C-level action movie. Uh, movies like Bird Box that came out at Christmas with Sandra Bullock, they said more than 45 million people watched within the first like four days of its release. So they do release numbers, but they only release them when they're in their favor. So they don't <laughs> tell you about those movies where, you know, 12 people that are mostly the director's mom have watched. But. I, I love the fact 70% is considered a completely watched film, yeah. uh, although 70% did get me through high school. So, <laughs> <laughs> Vicki Sparks, great to see you as always. Thank you.